100.7 FM WHIN 1010 AM presents Sumner County Spotlight, a weekly public affairs program each Sunday at 10 AM. Sumner County Spotlight, exclusively by FNM Bank. 221 Indian Lake Boulevard in Hendersonville. FNM Bank offers personal banking, business banking, and mortgage loans too. Right here in Hendersonville, FNM Bank is one of the top independent banks in Tennessee. Member FDIC, equal housing lender. MMLS number 518158. Here's your host for Sumner County Spotlights, Tony Richards. Good morning and welcome to Sumner County Spotlight this Sunday morning. I'm your host, Tony Richards, and it's brought to you by FNM Bank at 221 Indian Lake Boulevard in Hendersonville and also at myfmbank.com. And in the studio with us, we have Jules Wortman of Wortman Works. Jules, how are you? I am fabulous this morning. How are you doing? Good. I'm glad you're here. I'm, I, I'm uh, going to assume that Wortman Work is named after you. <laughs> you are a good assumer. Yeah. Perceptive. Yeah. <laughs> perceptive has been my name pretty much my entire life, except for a couple couple years <laughs> that yeah. we don't have to go to. <laughs> so you can tell I'm in broadcasting. But anyway, um, so you're a media marketer, and you have been for quite a while. Uh, why don't you just kind of tell us a little bit about yourself, where you came from, how long you've been. I think you're a Hendersonville resident, correct? I do live in Hendersonville. I've, here, I've been here about 11, 12 years, I think. Um, but I've lived in the Nashville area, Green Hills, Westmead, Bellmead, you name it, I've been there. Any mead, I've been in it. Um, and I've loved it, but I mean, I'm telling you, I uh, I love living in Hendersonville. I absolutely love it up here, and I think I've lived here longer than anywhere in the Nashville area since I've been here. And I've been what here 30 years. That, uh, what brought you here? Brought me to Nashville or Hendersonville? Well, let's start with Nashville. We'll go in chronological order first. Okay, good, because that's... that's, that's much more exciting. Let's get the backstory of oh. Columbus, Ohio, a small um, Midwestern town, which is actually not small, but I, well, mid the Midwest, as you know, because you're from Indiana, is a great place to grow up. But you might want to leave when you get older. Um, yes. In my opinion, um, I grew up in a great semi-small town called Newark, Ohio, right outside of Columbus. And um, I went to Ohio State for a couple years. Actually, we were on quarters then. And I was um, just doing my core classes, but my core classes weren't doing me. And I was out partying on High Street way too much. And um, my parents said, we're not paying for your school anymore. So you need to go figure out what you're going to do with yourself because you're messing up. And I said, you know what? I appreciate that. I understand that. Um, it taught me a big lesson, so I, I I left school and took a semester off and really contemplated on who I was as a as a human at 19 at that point, mm-hmm. and um, I was actually visiting Johnson City, Tennessee. Um, some friends of mine's relatives live there, and I fell in love with the with East Tennessee State University is is located there. And I went and looked at the campus and I absolutely fell in love with it. And my parents were on vacation. I called them. I said, hey, can you write me a recommendation letter? I'm, I'm transferring to East Tennessee State. Um, good news. I'm staying in school. I'm staying in school and I'll pay for it myself. They go good because we're not paying it for it anymore. So I like really had to grow up, grow up quickly. And I said, I'll promise I'll be a hermit. I'll live in a dorm and I won't do anything. Um, but anyway, so I got in. Started at ETSU, which has, had a great communications program at the um, at the university. It was accredited, and that was hard to come by in a lot of schools during mm-hmm. the late um, 80s. But anyway, so, of course, within a week, I was Doing everywhere. Oh, boy. Everywhere, and I was in student government, and I was on the student government, you know, oh, um, okay. executive committee and all that. So I just can't help myself. I'm a, I'm a, I can't stay still. And I also like to give. And I, when I see things that need something I think I can offer, I'm always in it. So anyway, basically, I went to East Tennessee State, had a flipping ball. That was a great place, and there's definitely something in the water. But we would hike the Appalachian Trail on the weekends. We would go to all the Southern Conference basketball and so football games. So meeting new people was not a big challenge for you then? And no. Okay. I did not know one person. I didn't even know what county. I didn't even know what Johnson City was about. I just knew I had to get out of Ohio mm-hmm. and get away from anyone I knew. So you're right. So basically, I did that. And then the next thing I know, 
Um, I am interning my sophomore and uh, junior summers or leading into my graduation here in Nashville. <clears throat> my uncle, my mom's, my mom's actually from Nashville area, and my mom's brother owned a pretty prominent company called Sound 70 Productions, and he also managed Charlie Daniels for years and years, and my uncle had developed the Volunteer of Jam. That was his concept. And so I I called him. I mean, I didn't know much about the business. I called him. I said, hey, could I intern for you one summer, like next summer and whatever? And he's like, absolutely. You intern in our PR department. So I did, and I fell in love with it, and then I went and found my own internships the next year. Um... So that's how I got to Nashville, and I was offered a job from a, the the last internship I had that was at a PR firm called Network Inc. All those all those uh, opportunities to hook up and start those relationships, I'm sure, made a big difference. It made a big difference, and I I was able to live with them. And he had this such a cool house at the time. He lived up on a on a ridge in Nashville, and he had an indoor pool and a koi pond in his living room and a <laughs> Um, it was a Frank Lloyd Wright inspired home. Oh, cool. It was so cool. So I thought I was cool. Like I'd have parties up there and, mm-hmm. you know, whatever with all the, my new friends in Nashville. But I learned, I gleaned so much from him, just listening to him on the phone or whatever at home in the, in the summers. So I just, I'm like, yeah, I think this is definitely what I want to do. Work in the entertainment business or, or sports. And there were, there were really weren't any sports here in Nashville when I, when I moved here. Not a so, lot. Um, I was able to get this, this intern, I mean, this job after my internship. And the lady is still my mentor. Her name was Liz Thills. And she had one of the most prominent entertainment firms in town at the time. And we, my first couple clients at the time were Ricky Skaggs, who is actually a Sumner resident. I love Ricky. Mm-hmm. He's so nice. Um, Rodney Crowell, Shenandoah, um, Dolly Parton. These were all my kind of first clients. And I was like, whoa, I'm just totally winging it. But you learn. Well, don't know <laughs> you if learn you're winging it or not. Yeah, you know, they, they've yeah. been around a little. So. Yeah, they did. But they were great, and I learned so much. And then I only worked there for about a year and a half because a lot of those artists, our clients were on um, Sony Music, CBS, Sony Records. Well, why don't, why don't we explain exactly what that job entails? Because I'm not sure everybody really knows well, what does that mean. You know, what do you do what for is these public artists? Relations. What do you, you know, you're doing press releases and you're doing whatever. I mean, there's a lot that goes into it. <clears throat> public relations and publicity are, are oh, they're they're different. Um, but they're one and the same when you think about when you hire a PR firm or someone handles your communications. So yeah, I mean, you have a product, you got to launch the product. product. But but the same person can be launching multiple products. So if, if people kind of get that, that's really what it is. You know, you're just you're just making people aware, or you're trying to keep things unaware. That's yeah. what we do. We either keep things in uh, the we, press. We can talk about that later in the show. Yeah, we will. I've just dealt with something all day today oh, that. Um, or actually, I dealt with it a couple days ago. The fun part of artists. What'd you do? Never mind. Don't want to know. <laughs> oh, Lord. The stories I could tell. But um, we basically craft a story based on someone's story. We really work to craft it, to build a strategy around whether it's a product or whether it's an individual or whether it's an organization. We just... But it's kind of funny how, you know, you could roll something out nationally, and then there are a few things that happen that are sort of kismet, that this matches so perfect with what we could do here. Let's tie it together, and then you really begin to sort of partner with things. Correct. And that's actually how I've gotten a few of my clients over the years. Um, when we segue into, I have my own company now, um, after my, after I chronicle <laughs> my history of Nashville and the craziness. But anyway... Um, I have a few clients now that I got through my artist clients. If we partnered with them, like I don't have them now, but I worked with Chevrolet when they rolled out American Revolution, their campaign about 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and they used Big and Rich, who, who was one of my clients at the time. And then they hired me when I started my own company. And it was a great client yeah. to have a 
GM. Yeah. You know, you can't beat that as a little boutique firm in Nashville. Exactly. <laughs> so there's a lot of things. It depends on how other people well, perceive. Well, you have to be persistent because, you know, you're like anyone else. You're just picking up the phone and you got to get through, you know, 25 gatekeepers at GM before you get to the person you really want. And I think if people understood how challenging that can be, and but over time, if you stick with it, most people bail. You know, I think when Jules Wortman doesn't bail. <laughs> I don't bail. I, I will climb over that wall if there's a door, if there's it's locked, if it's padlocked. I will find a way to climb over that wall and if that door won't open. That's uh, a unique trait because seriously, there are people. That, you know, the answer is no. Okay, bye. No, no, that's you where can't. it just begins. Yeah, you can't do that in public relations or PR or branding or whatever. I mean, you've always got to be on your toes. You've always got to be 20 freaking steps ahead mm -hmm. of of this current situation. And you have to be quick on your feet and you have to think a lot of things through. Um, I just had a situation today um, that called for a lot of cancellations due to this outbreak we're seeing globally and mm -hmm. whether people are exaggerating the situation the cdc the doesn't you know really it doesn't matter it's coming it doesn't matter if nobody's going to show up there's no reason right to spend the dough. and today i was so excited because we were going to be doing a um I, I'm, I'm a producer for a tv show we can talk about that later but mm -hmm. i put it was laborious. Every time we do something, we, it, you know, there's logistics. There's, especially with a major legend. And we were about to, we were doing a piece with um, Richard Petty. We were going to be interviewing him at the Atlanta Motor Speedway this week. Cool. And um, for a TV show on Fox mm -hmm. Nation. And after everything was set up, he decided at his age and what all's going on and being in a crowd of people that you don't know, he decided that he's going to postpone uh, a travel day. And so and the chain of events happened. The chain of events, my phone, if you looked at my phone log right now, between 12.15 and 2 o'clock. You get to undo all the work you've spent a couple months. Hours and on days and weeks of preparation was over in a second yep. and so but that's mm, that's the entertainment business that's the entertainment nimble, business you gotta be quick you gotta figure out plan b yep and you've got to do it all just like that but you got to be smooth about it you can't let anyone see you sweat yeah. you can't you know you you need to understand that this is life yeah. and it doesn't happen all the time but there are situations no. like this that do come along and hopefully this kind of a situation with the uh, the uh, virus going around that you you know they all get it i get it you right know, everyone a gets a lot it. of explanation that everyone gets it but there's a lot of you know when you look at south by southwest you look at coachella you look at all of these huge events that are happening and people are losing their jobs and people have lost millions of dollars because of this yep. you know the big picture of richard petty canceling an interview while it did cost us a lot of manpower and money, um, it's not that, right. you know, people's health is yeah. way more important than that. But um, with that said, it's so exciting to be able to bring stories like that to the consumer or to your viewer or listener when you know that Richard Petty has this great story or whoever. Yeah, not a lot of people get uh, to interview I, him. I don't know anybody who sat down Really, no. he's one of those quiet guys that does his thing, very good at what he did for a very long time, and then just the myth. The know? myth and the king, the myth of the king, yeah. and and it's it was so we were so honored, and he was going to ride in, in John Rich's Trans Am Bandits, like in the Bandit cars. Yeah. We were still going to do it. We're just yeah. going to have to postpone it right. from being at the track. So anyway, with all that said, now we have to go back and. Right. redo everything and and that's okay i mean i get calls a lot um you know we need a quote what's your company doing to handle the coronavirus what's your company doing with your all your your product mostly comes from china is it quarantined i mean mm -hmm. I, i'm getting this now daily and these are questions we haven't 
ever needed to be asked, really. Yeah. Not sure anybody so, even knows yeah. what to answer. So there's things like that to me, negotiating <laughs> TV shows, award shows, like Faith Hill being on Oprah and what the cost is and how much you know we have to pay to make that show happen. And then negotiating, if that's negotiating rates and, and all of that is so much a part of what I do that people just think... Oh, you get to dress up and walk down a red carpet and get your hair and makeup done. And I don't give a crap yeah. about any if, of that. If the artist shows up, if the artist exactly, <laughs> you know, or did their they give you a get minute. stuck or they run yep. out of gas? Yeah. Speaking well, of, here, they'll be here any minute. I bet those words have come out of your mouth a lot in your life. They're on their way. They're on their way. They're on their way. Oh, yeah. Excuse me. I will tell you this. It was really funny. One year we were at the Grammys, and uh, our limo caught on fire. <laughs> What? It was hilarious. All right, we're driving to the red carpet in a limo, and this was out in L.A. We're going to the Staples Center. All of a sudden, we're like, what's the smoky smell out of the car? And everybody's like, And you guys oh. had to bail out and everything? Oh, my God, yeah. So so you're hitching a so, ride with the next limo? Do they? People were offering us rides. That's it was um, my artists. They were all dressed up and everything. And we were probably a half a mile from the drop off, um, <laughs> right like, off the interstate. You guys smell funny. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I know. Well, the car kept smoking, like filling up. And the guy That's would not, not roll good. the windows down, and we're like, roll the windows down. <laughs> yeah, like, and and then he was finally, he's like, I'm like, didn't speak English. And the car is on fire. We're, like, we're leaving. What is up? And so we just so jumped you guys are out, out of the car. A ride. That's hilarious. It was hilarious. And then everybody's all sweaty. Rise <laughs> walks up to the carpet. And we're like, hey, <laughs> makeup. I yeah. know. Well, we are talking with Jules Wortman, of, uh, the president and owner of Wortman Works. And we're going to come back in just a minute. <laughs> and the rest of the segments are going to be just as entertaining, I'm sure, uh, here on Sumner County Spotlight. We'll be back right after these messages. We are back with Sumner County Spotlight this uh, Sunday morning with Jules Wortman, the president and owner of Wortman Works. And uh, she is, I, I don't know how to describe everything you do other than media. Do you have, what's your official title other than owner? I mean, marketing. President. <laughs> marketing manager. Mar, um, marketing I, I would say I'm a branding and PR consultant. Okay. I do a lot of uh, brand management with my clients. And clearly you're so, not allowed to go to the Grammys anymore in a limo. But other than that. <laughs> that was funny. Well, one year I showed up on horses and uh, walked the red carpet. We had pooper scoopers and everything. And we made the national news. And now it was you a brand did that on purpose, of course. Oh, of course yeah. I did. I mean, these things aren't done by accident. No, I had to rent. I called a... Um, it was when Big and Rich first launched, and their album was called Horse of a Different Color. And the song, the second song we had come out was called Save a Horse, Ride a Cowboy. Yeah. So I called a show um, stable that had all the show horses in Vegas, and I called and I said, hey, I want to rent two horses. <laughs> they went, I now, need them different these colors. these guys ridden a horse before, or did that have to One be of a... them was a rider, the other <laughs> one was not. So... I called and I was able to rent these horses for like not not a lot of money. I was oh they were probably excited. Are you kidding me? They were yeah. Let's do it. And they they put on these beautiful saddles, and um, then we had the Music Mafia, which were our gang at the time, and we had the girls from the video, the Save a Horse video, walking in front of the horses in their cowgirl outfits, and then we had pooper scoopers. Um, some of the Mafia were pooper scoopers because they said we couldn't do it unless we took right. care of that, right. and. We literally had two horses walk up on the red carpet, and the fans went absolutely crazy, and it was so much fun. But you think of stunts like that too. Right. We do, we do stunts. We well, that's sort of the fun part is coming up with an idea and then going, now can I pull this off? Off, yeah. You know, and will the guys be into it? <laughs> you know. Oh um, yeah, you, you never. Well, if, I'll be honest with you. It was in Vegas, so everybody stays up late and gambles or has fun, does whatever. And I remember I'd gone to my room early that night because I was like, oh, tomorrow's going to be a long day. I get this call. I don't know if we should do those horses or not. They might think it's crazy. I go, uh, we're doing the horses, dudes. <laughs> I'm like, I am not canceling those horses. And they're like, okay, okay, we trust you, Jules. Well, it was the hit. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the thing. And then we had, and then there um they pass out $100 bills in this song, so I'd made money. Oh. I had made fake Vegas money Tons of in it. every color. And then Rat Clark, who was the producer of the 
uh, award show, he's like, Jules, can you get me a bunch of that money? I want to p- have it fall from the sky after their performance. I'm like, done. And then when we're sitting there at rehearsals the day or two before, John Rich says, and Big Kenny, they both say, hey, we want to wear tuxes tomorrow, not, you know, for the show. We want to wear the whole band to wear tux and everything. So I called. So they had to scramble and get. I called the concierge at the Four Seasons and I said, I need seven tuxes tomorrow and I need these guys fitted today. The guy hooked me up. Yeah. And one wore a tux with just the call, you know, just yeah. the, you know, they all wore them differently and it was so much fun and it looked hilarious. So, that's a great my, way to make a living, though, ain't it? Yeah. So, I freaking how love does, to scramble. How does the person that puts all this stuff together make their money? How so do a lot we, of people don't know, you know, they understand PR and, and all the logistics, which I think, I think people sometimes forget about how many logistics, but. Um, is it a well, percentage? Yes, is it a, you know, interesting. Just, because depend, depends on the client, I'm assuming. Depends on the client, but, uh, but from a PR standpoint, I don't know if this started a long time ago in this town, but I remember some of the older guys like from the 50s and 60s saying when they would hire people like a Connie Bradley who ran ASCAP or Donna Hilly who ran Sony Tree Publishing, some of the most prominent and successful women in the business um they started out as quote secretary oh just get the secretary to do that just get the secretary to so do that so they know how to do everything so they know that all right and but they didn't pay them anything and right. then when independent pr started becoming a thing they wanted to pay them a, a nominal fee like a retainer every month mm-hmm. so that's kind of stuck in the pr world and when I, on some of the clients that I manage, I get a percentage of their um, mostly live, um, yeah. their touring money and merch and whatever they, you know, if we get sync licensing for TV shows right. or, or if whatever. You, or if you are able to get so, sponsors for things. It's sponsors, I get a percentage, right. certainly get a big percentage of that, or right. a bigger percentage. Of it. Right. So things like that from a, that. But as a PR person... When you really come up with a lot of things that create a lot of attention, you're still getting a very nominal fee. Some are great fees. Some are not so great fees. But I work the same on any client. I really do. Because that's just who I am. But the is important that you have. uh, Yeah. Because it helps get other clients or start other relationships. Yeah. Sometimes potential clients want to do things with specific artists that you have in your stable, for example. It's like, well, this... You know, I can get you this here and this here and this here. They may be completely different things, but um, that's the way to sort of get clients to spend more dough than they might. Um, you're right. You know. You're right. And then, you know, you can also be creative and create opportunities um, that are way outside the box that will that will make you money. And right. I love to do that. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Um, does some of that, including selling your clients on this is a good idea, we should try this, and maybe they're Sometimes. not so hot, hot on it? That that is part of it. I will say I've had a really most of my clients are pretty long standing. I've had them for years, and but don't most of them know like if if they're going to come with your agency, they're going to know what they're getting into in the first place because they know the things you've done and what you can do. And- yeah, pretty much. I mean, I've 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 been here since uh, you know a long <laughs> long time. Um, so uh, my name is um, is associated with some pretty. Um, successful campaigns through the years mm-hmm. and you know when I worked at I was a senior executive at Warner Brothers and Universal and um, record labels for years and you know when you sit in a certain seat you you also sit on a bunch of boards and you sit on a bunch of things so your 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 profile does go up but you have to also execute properly to keep that profile up and i've been fortunate enough to have really good opportunities um with my clients and have really great clients or artists that have you know whether i was at a label or or whatever that have how many how many jules how many people do what you do oh lord there's so many of them i'm sure you have your one you know one person shops kind of thing but you know i would say in nashville there's a lot. I, I, I would say it's it's really competitive. 
Um, but there's a lot of people that just decide they want to be a PR person. They have no clue. They don't know how to write a press release. They don't know no how to use AP style. They don't know how. And they can garner those. But, I mean, it's it really affects the the profession. Yeah. Because if people are getting shoddy work, they think it's all the way around. Or they'll come to you to say, fix this. I just paid all my money out to this this firm. They did nothing for me, or they did not represent me well. Or they Will you take a money. lower fee yeah. and help us get out of this hole? And I'm like, no. That's what I was going to say. You're, you're being in the business this long, you do get a chance to pick and choose a little bit. Yeah. Because you have to know kind of what fits with what you do and your other artists and different things like that. And, you know, it's a very temperamental business because people are, you're dealing with people more than you're dealing with products. So you're dealing a with minute. a lot of. Are you trying to tell me there's drama in what you do? Come on. <laughs> Maybe a little bit. <laughs> but you're dealing with people's personalities and, you know, egos are extremely high in, in my business. Mm-hmm. Um some in their own house, but that's about where it ends. Where they think they're they, still huge. Like, right, that or vice that, versa. That ship's gone, so let's keep you relevant now. That's goal number one or whatever. The that's one. And then there's the whole millennial de- 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 divisive between Gen X, mm-hmm. whatever the other one is, baby boomers, Z, whatever. Yeah. This millennial, I have... I have never seen anything like this and i'm not trying to like throw them under the bus because there's some brilliant ones and there's some brilliant talent in that demographic work ethic i think but is what we're discussing here that's right. correct thank you for using that word um, politically correct term. thank you and i also am an adjunct professor at belmont and i see it with the students and it is shocking to me yeah, no eye contact. That's the first thing I know. They won't look at you. They don't want to look at you. They don't know how to they articulate. Have a in front of them. They get yeah. to look at that. Yeah, they don't articulate. But I mean, I don't want to put them all in a box because they are there's some really brilliant ones and I've oh, had yeah. some great employees that are in that bracket. <laughs> the mm-hmm. millennial bracket. But I'm telling you, they want to run your company when they walk in the door. Yeah. They want to tell you how to run your business. Mm-hmm. And um, that doesn't work for me. Mm-hmm. I am very open and open to suggestions, and well, I love new, fresh ideas. Don't just do the minimum. Yeah, people, kids, if you're listening to the station, seriously. Do way more than what's asked of you. That's and right. Do, and you'll do very well. And, and you'll do very well, and you'll learn a lot. You'll learn a lot more. Yeah. Because if you make, you know... I am all about people making mistakes. I make them every day. Absolutely. And I learn from my mistakes, and I will own up to my mistakes. Um, I used to not because I was too embarrassed to, but then when you realize everyone makes mistakes, it's okay. Yeah, it's always good to have a boss that tells you, fail, we get it. That's the only way you're going to, you know, well, I did this, I set this whole thing up, and they didn't show up. Well, what'd you learn? Well, (laughs) yeah, you learn like, Wow, I did my job, but I, maybe I need to learn how to uh, rein my client in. Manage the venue better. Manage the promoter better. better. Manage but, the whoever. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so it's always going to be a circus. And the personalities in the entertainment business are that. They're personalities. And they want to be a personality. So they're going to test you. They're going to push you. They're going to push your buttons. They're going to. They're going to do things to make you react. And once you realize that that's what they're doing, yeah. you'll win. Nice try. Yeah, you'll Not win. Working. Yeah. Because, and they'll respect you 10 times over because that's what they're doing right now. So then. when they're this, going. you know, because it is, it's crazy. You never know what's next. And, and that's sort of the best part of it when I mean, we get a little of that in broadcasting not not to the extent you guys do with as many moving parts but um you know it gets tiring i mean, especially after maybe a big event or something what do you do to just turn that off because you can't really turn your phone off at least from your clients and well their hours are a lot different than your typical eight to five person well, it was interesting because that's what i tell people that come to work for me i i personally Started about two years ago doing um, four-day work weeks Mm -hmm. and having Fridays through 
Monday off. And except when we have big events or our clients are touring and we have to be somewhere and I travel all the time. So I'm, I don't have a set schedule, but I've seen more. But you get to go on some cool airplanes probably sometimes. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Nice little chill. Makes it a little easier. Yeah. Nice little chill flights. Except when the when the pilot comes back, I'll tell you funny. I'll okay. tell you funny in a minute. Yeah. But anyway. There's not only bus uh, stories, there's airplane stories. Right, and I've got them all. Yeah. But the plane stories are kind of scary. Um, so, I don't even know what I was saying. What was I saying? The uh, I'll, I'll tell people, you know, I, I'm finding out that my, uh, my productivity level has gone up with working shorter week, the, taking that day off. Because we work an extra hour, hour and a half a day when we're in the office. And then you're getting more done. And then you've got, you know, they have the weekend to look forward to. And I it's going to try give that. Break. It actually is, it's, it's good. You know, you hear about it in Europe for years. And then I'm just like, well, I'm going to try it. So anyway, so we're doing that. And it's, it's actually been great. And I get to go play my tennis when I want to. I play on Friday morning. So I love that <laughs> as well. But, um. It's the people just need to learn to manage their time and then not get, you know, you know, in today's world, they call everything a vertical, like here's your vertical, you know, and sometimes I like marketing speak, but sometimes I don't, I just get on my nerves. Like what's your vertical here? Uh, What lane are you in? Da, da, da. What, what are the, you know, and data, 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 data. Oh, I know. I know. It's crazy. The, the whole, can you, because Everything on the internet, you can get all kinds of data you want. Uh, we had a auto dealer come in and said, look, I've got all the data I'll need. I want to sell cars. <laughs> I don't care how many clicks I get. I care how many cars, cars I sell. sell. Right. You know, so I think, you know, we just, I think that's starting to come back where people are like, okay, that was great, but I need to move product. Yeah, that it doesn't matter whether it's cars or anything else, beer, you name it. Anything. Um, Because that's where the rubber meets the road. Well, and and that's true. And, you know, uh, when you said that, speaking of products and whatever, with – um, I also represent John Rich's brand, Redneck Riviera, and I've been with him on since the inception of the brand when he got the trademark that mm-hmm. people said he couldn't get the trademark, and he was like – "It's." they said it's a region, Trademark Association or whatever it's called, and – He's like, it's a state of mind, yes. and I'll prove it. And he did. And so they stamped the trademark. So I've been working with him ever since then on the brand. Well, we've launched, you know, he's got a bar in Nashville. It's starting to franchise into Vegas and Florida and all this stuff. Then he's uh, all these places. And then we've got a whiskey line doing really, really, really well. Um, but we took an approach on selling the we, we hadn't done really much advertising on the whiskey mm-hmm. but we're now a national brand and we've done in store we've we've done it like setting up a record well you know the term is familiar with people so that's a big head start right and i always try to tell people it takes about three years to build a brand i mean it's it's not going to happen overnight and sometimes when you launch it and that may be the case with Redneck Riviera. You're not 100% sure what it is going to be. Don't have like a clue. I tell people, let's, let's, let's look at the Opry. The Opry doesn't exist, really. It's a brand. It could be at the Ryman. It could be at the Opry House. It could be Right, on the anything, road in New York but, or whatever. Carnegie but it Hall. has incredible value, you know. And so, you know, you can do that with Redneck Riviera or yep. a radio station set of call letters. It, it, mm-hmm. You know, it's hard to say it's a physical thing because it's not. I totally agree, and and that's and that's the story you have to tell, mm-hmm. and you have to, <clears throat> you know, the touch the touch points are. I like John Rich, or I like you know whatever. Well, hey, we're but, up against our second break, but I do want to kind of dive into this more because yeah. this this whole branding thing it's just it's very interesting because you're taking an idea, and and making it happen, which to me is the funnest part. I freaking love it. I love it. <laughs> so we're talking with Jules Wortman, the president and owner of Wortman Works, and we're going to come back right after these messages here on WHIN on Sumner County Spotlight. We are back at oh, wow. Sumner oh, County that? Spotlight <laughs> with Jules Wortman, no. president and owner of Wortman Works, and uh, which is a, a PR firm, marketing firm, you name it. You need an idea, she's probably got one. Well, I guarantee you uh, that. Um, <laughs> Because you could take this computer mouse and make a promotion out of it. And that's kind of the fun. So yeah. what what is it that made you stick with this? So you 
you uh, got out of college, you went to Tennessee, to uh, uh, Eastern Tennessee State University, and then you uh, got into this business through uh, internships and then got a gig, and now here you are doing your own thing. And you've been doing this, your own thing, for how many Since years? Since 2008. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that was a fun year to start a business. Nicely done. <laughs> And it was successful, for God's sake. There I can't believe go. it. It's still here. How about that? I know the first year I thought, Lord, what, what, you know. Sort but, of a good but, thing, but, though. But it was, you know, why I started you it? Went, if you can do it during that period, after that recession, imagine, it's like, okay, I got kicked in the teeth. I can figure this out. Right. Well, you know why? The reason I started in 2008 is because I got fired from Warner Brothers. And um, I was a... You know, I had a contract really, there. Buyouts and buyouts and buyouts and all that stuff. Yeah. And I had a, another year and a half left, so I got a big old payout. So I was taking my time. I wasn't gonna really. I was gonna chill out and mm-hmm. see if I wanted to do something else. And right. Um. I mean, I still wanted to stay in the PR communications realm, but I didn't know yeah. what I wanted to do. And um. Then I kept just getting in. I got incomings, and I'm like, ooh, that sounds fun. Ooh, and like Chevy, like I said earlier, and. You know, a lot of artists that I'd worked with at other labels in the past and whatever. So, so you went out on your own. So I went out on my own, and it's, it's, it but has been great. But you did have relationships. It's not like you were starting from scratch. No, oh, no, I just no, moved no. here. You know, not easy. Not no, easy. I mean, and you know, some people do that, and they've had great success, and I commend people for that um, that really wanted to be here. But, yeah, I kind of have – But a lot of I don't want to sound timing. like a cocky person, but I kind of had a brand myself um, yeah. because of the – People look at me as a uh, PR, the, uh, PR with an emphasis on marketing and branding. I've always been big picture, kind of like I'm not of the immediate moment. Mm-hmm. I try to build a brand, right. build an opportunity for an artist or Well, just trying whatever. to explain that to an artist I think is good. But there are other artists I'm sure that are just going, look, Jules, just please, here's the stuff. Just, I need this now. I need this now. Just do everything I don't mm-hmm. want to. And then there's others like, you can quit calling now. I got this. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm assuming you've had both. I've had them all. I've had I, I've had ones that you can't get to do anything. I mean, like George Strait did not do interviews. He well, he he did not want to do interviews, and he but had just a lot. Because of, you're on stage doesn't mean you're not an introvert. You know, true. There are artists There's a in, lot that are introverts. To be introverted. Well, they're on stage. They're acting. They're becoming something they want to be, um, or they enjoy doing. A lot of the time, but their personalities, I mean, it's an expression for them. Mm-hmm. Some people can't carry on a conversation off the stage, but they can so fire much, up a crowd. How much coaching have you done in your career? Then, I've done a lot of coaching. Of I've done a lot of coaching. I've taken artists out from ta- teaching them what fork, what spoon, what knife to use, to okay. how to order so for a women. barbecue in a backyard. No, I've this done everything. Dessert spoon, this is a, yeah. You're going to be fancy tonight, so you can't look like a complete moron. And you know what? Some of them ask you to because they know. <laughs> and that's cool. And well, I think know, that's I mean, neat. Like some of the artists in my over the years have said, I don't know what I'm doing here. Like, Great. Wouldn't you rather have that, though? Yes. Just tell me and don't I can embarrass help you yourself. versus me finding out in the trades, what did, what did you do? I'm sorry. Right. So I've had a lot of time. I mean, and I'm, I mean, I, I'm not being facetious or I'm not being a, a smart aleck. I literally have done that almost like etiquette classes, segueing into how to answer in sound bites, to how to, to know what out of bounds questions are and how to redirect an interview. I mean, I worked with Hulk Hogan during the sex for contract uh, tape. Yeah. incidents well so, that goes in this in the category of what you were saying the things that you need to undo because it's not just about building a brand it's about protecting right. a brand sometimes and i just remember i was telling hulk he kept going you know you need to tell the producers not to ask me this question it's like at the minute i ask them you ask them that hulk, it'll be uh, their first question terry is named <laughs> i said it'll be your first question i said this is your news this is the today show this is what we already had i want to let me let me back up from it we had a we had a whole um media uh, tour set up and then that l- tape was leaked and then I had to like try to reel it in but I said the minute you cancel or the minute you look guilty mm-hmm. and I said I don't think you're guilty at all uh, I don't know who leaked your tape but we're Doesn't here matter. it's out it's there, out so there. No, it is do. so out there and so we were doing these shows and he was like well what I said this is how you answer it and I would explain to him I'm sorry, this is really embarrassing for my, my family and me, but 
we're here to talk about this. You say that over and over, even if that's your whole interview. Who cares? Yeah. You're not answering the question. And they'll get it. And they'll get it. And they'll stop. But yeah, yeah. Um, um, so what? Uh, let, before we move kind of forward into the, some of these other quirky things, you said you had a, I think, a good or scary airplane. Story. Oh, I've I had wanna, a couple. I don't want to forget that. I've had a couple scary mm-hmm. airplanes. Okay. And they were both with the same client, which is so bizarre. One was a commercial flight and one was a private. Okay. And it was Billy Ray Cyrus. Mm-hmm. And we had been in Anguilla down in the islands. And we had to take a train back. I mean, a train, a, a ferry back over to St. Martin to fly out of St. Martin. And we were on a flight. And it was actually a songwriter festival. So there were quite a few people from Nashville on the flight that we were all friends and um, we get up to about 35,000 feet and the plane loses all power and we literally dropped 15,000 feet then the p- pilot nose dove down to end to get us for oxygen oh, yeah. for oxygen oh so you didn't have any oxygen you were just like there was nothing but he wanted to get us down below the right. level which that- also changes the pressure which is going to give you a major headache later but it was so crazy, and but the funny thing was, I was sitting next to uh, on the same aisle as Ricky Nelson's twins, and their dad. The pilot came on and said, "There's a fire in the cockpit," and they go, "That's the last thing our dad heard before his plane crashed." Ricky, you know the famous yeah. reading. So I'm sitting there with them. No one screamed. No one said a word. Everyone was just holding hands and praying. We really thought we were going into the ocean. We were able to land. We 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 glided. You could hear a bird chirp outside your window. That's so there the, was it was no, no engines, nothing, and you're this honking plane, seven thirty seven. You know, three and three. So it was a big plane, and we're gliding through the air. And if Puerto Rico hadn't been there, they said we would have yeah. gone into the ocean. So they had a place to go. So we were able to dump fuel, circling. And then, for some reason, I don't know if it was a generator or what, but we landed. We didn't have a crash landing or anything. We landed, but it was so scary. There were fire trucks, you know, ambulances, everything. They pulled us up. They never really told us what happened. But I have some pilot friends, and they said, you were on that flight. We all got a memo about it. It was like the Stockholm or the Scotland plane that went down. The same thing happened. It killed everyone years before that. So, anyway... So that was that. We were scared to get back on a plane, but we did because we wanted to get home. Mm-hmm. So about a year later, Billy Ray and I are flying in a private up to New York. Don't and tell me. You're looking at each other going, what? <laughs> oh, my gosh. So we're, we're flying up there, and I, I had noticed on the radar, we were flying at night, and we were doing a bunch of TV the next morning and then flying right back out. And... <laughs> I looked at the pilot and the co-pilot, and we were out on the tarmac. I said, I saw there was a radar situation going on here. And they said, oh, it's over on the coast already. We'll miss it. It, it, it will be, it'll be gone by the time we get up in that area. I said, it better be. Yeah. I said, seriously, I can't. And knowing I was with him, with Billy Ray, I was like, I, 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 I. We don't have a good feeling. So, yeah, I don't have a good feeling. Anyway, so here we are. Here, here we are up in the air. And the pilots were like, so I, we're up in there just cruising along, you know, flying high, fine as wine. No, I don't know. We were scooting. Then the, the co-pilot came back and sat next to me on the seat next to me. There were It was only like a six-seater. Mm-hmm. He goes, hey, you know that storm you asked me about? And I said, yeah. Stopped and still here, huh? He goes, we're going to have to go through it. It's not, It's not moving, and we can't get around it. So you need to buckle up. It's going to be really... Rough. I go. What, what about lightning? Never again. Yeah. And we were thrown all over the sky. We were undulating like in a mogul field. Whatever. We then all of a sudden we drop and then we land. I mean, it was like that for the almost the rest of the flight until we dropped and then we landed in Teterboro. And you just couldn't and, have that be but, done fast enough. Uh. Uh-uh, Billy Ray goes. I really thought this one was it, Jules. That was all he said. I mean, neither one of us so, said a word. You guys won't be uh, vacationing anytime soon. No, 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 no. <laughs> I love that guy, but man, don't him and fly. I don't fly well yeah. together. <laughs> so important safety tip. But I've had a lot of lot of funky situations, and you know, just 
And then it's so much fun. I've had so much fun. I've traveled the world, places I never thought I would get to see. I get special, you know, I've, I've been able to do because I set up something. And that's like the pat on the back. And, I, you know, when you know? people work for you, if they hopefully realize what a gift that is, because I'm not sure they do, they expect it sometimes now. It's like, wait yeah. a minute. When was the last time you paid for a show? I just right. want to ask you that. And I, I'll say that to some folks. It's like, guys, um, when was the last time you paid to see a concert? Would you pay? Uh, you know, I'll, I'll and, you. and let's just remember what a gift that is. doesn't matter whether it's a Preds game or a, or a concert. I'm so spoiled. I'm such a snob when it comes to sitting in the audience. And I hate that. And I, I don't want anyone to take that wrong. I just, I'm so used to having a parking spot and going in under the tunnel going in backstage because that's what I do because I'm usually working. Mm-hmm. I went to see Tom Petty right before he passed away at Bridgestone here in Nashville, and I'm like, I'll never do this again. <laughs> I mean, I was like up in the nosebleed because we decided late, and I had to buy a ticket, and I'm like, I had to buy there's, a ticket. There's I, a good, that's a good thing, though, sometimes because you realize people are paying their hard-earned money to go to that. And absolutely. Just be in that we were in the very... Now, I'll say second row from the top on New Year's Buffett concert a couple years oh, ago. Oh, wow, yeah. But it, you know, you and you you get to do both, and, and everybody hopefully gets right. an opportunity once in a while to get up close or to go backstage, and it's, uh, you know, it's special. It is special. It is special, but you also take it for granted after a while because, and that's what I meant by that. I love music. Well, you just music. don't want to go. <laughs> uh, yeah, I love live music. I love you know, or I wouldn't be doing what I do. And I do, I was kind of facetious when I said that about me, you know, oh my God, I'll never do this again. I go to, I go to shows all the time, but I was just having a mini moment in Bridgestone. It was freaking me out. I was having like anxiety. It happens sometimes. Yeah. I was like, uh, this is kind of freaking me out. But anyway. Well, let's, let's talk about some of the other things that uh, you do. We're going to come back right after these messages. And you said you, you love to do things that to give back and things like that. So we'll talk about that just a little bit. We're uh, speaking this morning with Jules Wortman, president and owner of Wortman Works. And we're going to come right back with more Sumter County Spotlight right after these messages. Welcome back to WHIN's Sumner County Spotlight. Airs every Sunday morning right here on WHIN. And we're speaking with Jules Wortman, president, owner of Wortman Works, and uh, along with PR and marketing and, and all of these, you know, promotion and all kinds of crazy things that you've done. There is um, probably some pretty cool charity work and uh, philanthropic work you've been able to be a part of over the years and maybe maybe start from scratch and, you know, raise a lot of money or... or Sometimes it's not even about the money, but uh, what are some of the things that yeah. you're kind of proud of that you've been a part of? I mean, you know, there's there, there's actually been a lot through my <clears throat> 30 years in, in, in Nashville. Working, what are some but, of the ones that you've really enjoyed? But, but there's, there's been some really great ones. Um, I really enjoy working with T.J. Martell. Um, it's um, it's the, called the T.J. Martell. T.J. Martell Foundation, who raises, you know, the much-needed funds for cancer research, and we are able to provide Vanderbilt Cancer um, Center a lot of resources for them to do research, and it's just so fulfilling. But I, I sit on that board and the advisory board, and I also do a lot of the PR. Um, just to help raise awareness, and that's so fulfilling to me. We just had our great gala the other night honoring, you know, Amy Grant and Pat Emery, who's a big developer here in town, and all uh, just a cross section of Nashville it's fun leaders. To get dressed up and go to that stuff. Yeah, it's fun. Um, we started this thing right after the flood called Music City Gives Back. Um, that's downtown, and Rodney Atkins. I used to work with him. I don't work with him anymore, but he does it with um, the CVC, and that's great. That's a great one to do um, down in the streets of uh, Lower Broad. Um, there was one um, after the shootings at um, Virginia Tech. Mm-hmm. Was about eight years ago, or ten, it was uh, maybe been a, ten been a years ago. While, yeah. I work with this artist named Phil Vassar, and we went up um, to Virginia Phil Tech. Phil has done tons of stuff uh, in areas that I'm from, Indiana, and things like. That. We did a really great benefit. We were, we were part of a Dave Matthews benefit up there. It was it was so great, and you you're just helping. You know, I I, I can give monetarily to some point, but I think mm-hmm. my efforts and how I can spread the word 
we just did a yeah because sometimes people want to do something and me, they think small and you can wait a minute we can make this big make, we can make this big and we yeah. can whatever and just the other day after these devastating tornadoes in Nashville I was um you know I, like I said earlier I work with the Redneck Riviera Bar as well as part of John Rich's portfolio and mm-hmm. I just I said we need to do a benefit like now and yeah you can't wait on some of this stuff right and I know they had one a couple nights after hours but we raised a lot of money i happened to have john on national television and i had a graphic made and so we were able to put the graphic up on these national tv shows that john was doing remotes with and we're still getting donations from people seeing that and that that's fulfilling to me knowing that you know with little effort because it was little effort on this part on this one it was just a need from the heart. Let's let's do this. Get everyone that we can involved in the that works with us, and make this happen. And we you know, did. And it's trying important. to get people in the right frame of mind that right. we think we're small because it's just you know you John a couple people putting this together, but the impact is pretty big, and you, yes. you have to realize how this affects other people. Exactly, exactly, and 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 that goes for a lot of things. And I work with the Doves, the Christian Music Awards, the Dove Awards are um the gospel music association is a great organization and it's gone through ebbs and flows <clears throat> of financial situations mm-hmm. through the years and they have a new lady there jackie patillo who is the executive director and president she's been there for probably about eight years now and she's done a phenomenal job with her and her staff of bringing the quality of of their well, of their award show certainly got a lot more national prominence um i'm not a lot sure a lot of people even knew about the dove awards but they sure do now oh and i think that that's a credit to you guys and yeah what you're doing it's 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 put a lot of heart and soul into it put a heart a lot of well produced it's very well done it's yeah they do a great job and they have a very small budget compared to the millions and millions exactly but that's the secret you know it's like wait a minute we can make this look big yeah and you know what so many people that live here in sumner county the isaacs jason crab ricky skaggs i mean the list goes on are huge dove award winners yeah and they're awesome people and they're awesome artists and i i get so thrilled when i get to see them because they're they they bring such joy yeah they have this heart about them and this they just spread. Well, you can see that genuineness, I think. Yeah, they, can, they just spread uh, why it. Why they do what they do. Yeah, and I just think it's great. Oak Ridge Boys. I mean, a lot of yeah. these people I see during the season of of the Dove Awards and the CMAs and all of that. But there and, are, you know, it's funny because there's people, and I would include John Rich in this. Sometimes you just make the call. And that's all I got. Yeah. Charlie Daniels, exactly. Yes. I can't tell you how many. And this seems like a, a goofy little thing to you and me. And we say, we've got this thing. It's another charity, but you know, could you? you know, we'll get you a guitar. Could you sign it? Or in some cases, we did one where his his person brought it to us. You know, we didn't even have to go get it. He made sure it got to the radio station, which they didn't have to do. You know, those little things make, make a a yeah. mammoth difference. Sorry, it, uh, in the way the radio because all these sort of these different parts work together: television, radio, networks. All of it works together. If you don't have one, you don't have the other. That's what happens now when, number one, we don't go to that well very often because, you know, you don't want to. Because, and then when they go over and above for you, it's like, oh, yeah. I mean, this this person's a sweetheart. Absolutely do anything you want. Well, Um, speaking of, John Rich uh, is out here in Henderson. Oak Ridge Boys are definitely in that group. Ricky Scott is definitely in that group. I mean, Richard has been on the show from the Oak Ridge Boys, and and we, we do the Huckabee stuff a lot, and... You know, yeah, I just of, did the Huckabee uh, show with one of my clients, the Gettys, yeah, um, it, it, this we weekend. We all help each other, and I think <laughs> if we all understand that those parts work together, there's nobody that will be there right away than those guys. And I've heard that a lot about John. And sometimes it's just the the and Charlie and, and Ricky and other things that that get around that you just know they're going to help. And that good um, sort of goodwill uh, helps you and helps the artists in the long right. run, and they know that. Well, one of the the, the the parts about working with the Redneck brand or with John, and Big Kenny is the same way. He's got, like, one of the biggest hearts you could ever, you know, mm-hmm. 
to a fault sometimes. I'm to sure. a fault sometimes, yeah. um, but he will he will give you the shirt off his back, as right. will John. But <laughs> John's go, actually in Hendersonville. What did you say yes to? Oh yeah, I was going to tell you about that. <laughs> right, right, exactly. That's okay. I mean, he's been That's to Haiti. He's been to you know whatever. But um, John was out here in Hendersonville this week, signing three hundred guitars and working on some things for charities, and he um, also. Gives ten percent. He tithes ten percent of every bottle, every piece of product he sells. Ten percent of it goes to Folds of Honor, goes to St. Jude's, like whatever. He does fundraisers for St. Jude's. That you know, I'm not. I'm not trying to brag on him, but he raises a lot of money. Well, let's talk about a lot the things of people they do that they don't get press about. Well, and those yeah. are kind of the important ones to them. I know. A lot of these guys, they don't do it to get their name on a building Mm -mm. or to do it to, you know, sometimes you just do things. Just do things. And and, and you wouldn't believe how many artists take care of people that you will never know and that they will never want you to know. But they truly have hearts. Most of them are are not heartless. Right. And that's (laughs) why they're in it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and sometimes yeah. it's not their fault. I mean, there's, there's, well, there's handlers. when you ride your wave and everybody hopefully gets their turn, um, sometimes it's just, they don't mean to be that way, but they get this reputation that they are and they're not really, and they're like, geez, what did I do? You know? Mm-hmm. And that's tough. And you get to be, I'm sure the I'm sympathetic, a lot of the sympathetic <laughs> ear sometimes, you know, hopefully and I'm sure you are. I mean, I, I mean, this is my, I'll get emails. With the band I manage, oh, we weren't able to get tickets. Your show sold out. My wife is in love with you guys. Can yeah, we? Can you, you get those, find us like tickets? You are a human like ticket that. master. I yeah. get it. So that's just hard, and you try to like not ignore people, but there's some comes to a point where you have to go. Okay, what's important well, here? Well, you know, and, and you know when people are taking advantage. Yeah, of that, exactly. I think kind of, you know, yeah, I get it. Yeah. So well, um, like I said. As you can tell by my enthusiasm, I love what I do. I get a I get a kick out of it. Plus, I love using my brain. And they say you're supposed to keep your brain moving. Mm-hmm. So I mine doesn't stop too often. But um, I have a great staff of people that work for me. I've had a lot of great people work for me through the years, and none of it, none of our our success with my company can be done without any of that. And our clients' belief in us. So. I give a lot of that back to them and letting us be weird and yeah. crazy and different and trying things. People will say that all the time. Well, why did you guys do this promotion? Because, uh, you know, it gets attention. It's like, I, I think I've mentioned this on the show before, and I, I don't mean to keep going back there, but it's like the gorilla on the car, car lot roof. Why did you do that? So you'd go, hey, was that a gorilla on the car? Car lot. <laughs> like, exactly. It, got the, it, it, it yeah. served its purpose. And sometimes it's just in the name, how you name a promotion, how you, I'm big on that. If it's lame, it's not going to work. But sometimes you can make amazing things out of nothing with just the right name. I know. It's, it's, It's so cool. But, you know, there's a lot of think tanks and sometimes you don't need a think tank. You need a... Split yep. second and idea. Like, well, that's really stupid. I know. I know. Yeah. <laughs> it's supposed to be. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I am the well, king of coming up with dumb things and uh, I'm proud of it. You know, that's what the way you right. have to be. And I'm sure you've been that way a lot. I throw, I throw it out it. there. Why are you doing what? No, I'm telling you, we need to do this. No one will care if you don't name it that. <laughs> or if some crazy idea comes out and everybody goes, that's crazy. But what if we do it this way? It started a start a conversation. So you just have to be, you have to be confident in your beliefs. You have to be confident in yourself and you have to be willing to listen all exactly. around. Well, Redneck Riviera is a great example, a recent example. It's just, it's just this name and everybody yeah. gets it and they know what it means. And, yeah. And that's why we're doing it. Yeah. It's, a, it's, it's, it's fun. Yeah. And it's fun. You don't know what it's going to be three years from now. It could no. be something completely different. It could be something. I mean, we're rolling out a, a, a drink called Howdy Do. It's a, it's that hunch punch from college, basically, and it's good. Um, but, um, and we have beef jerky and, you know, whatever. But um, I just, I wasn't here to really promote my clients' things, but it, they do segue into 
sharing what I do. Yeah. And um, well, it's exciting and fun, and and uh, and I think it's yeah. it's uh, you've given us a lot of insight on what that is. But I don't want to close the show without talking about you've got a, a certain relative that's kind of doing big things right now. So. Yeah, I do want to give a shout out to my brother, Barry Wortman, and his team, the Blackman Blaze Boys Basketball, who are making, I think, their seventh trip to the Tennessee State Boys Basketball Championships um, next week, or actually this coming week, the 18th, they play Mount Juliet um, in the first round of the boys tournament. Says Which Mount Juliet is well within our listening area. Yes, yeah, so. <laughs> and we um, we're just proud. I'm proud of my brother and his team's playing great, and I wish you know all the success to all the teams playing. But I just have to go. Shout out to Barry. That's okay. That's <laughs> what we're here for. Well, we uh, we really do appreciate you kind of popping in and giving us the scoop, and it's been kind of fun. And you get yeah. to do a lot of, of really fun and exciting things, and this is a, it's a great business. Um, you know, we like to think we're a little part of it. We're kind of that, the one that gets the word out to a lot of things, as well as a lot of other outlets. But, uh, you know, it's no, fun. No, it's great. I'm it's proud fun. of you guys being here. Well, we, uh, we got uh, a lot of fun to uh, get to know you. And we're glad you're in Sumner County, and I'm sure you've done a lot of a lot of cool things for Hendersonville and, and Gallatin and a lot of other places. So we appreciate it. Awesome. Well, thanks for having me. Absolutely. Thanks. That's Jules Wortman. She is the president and owner of Wortman Works, and we were uh, uh, glad to have her as our guest today. And thanks again for joining us. We always try to bring you, you know, lots of different things, and this was a really fun one, and we enjoyed it. So uh, we're going to be back next Sunday morning at 10 a.m., and we'd like to thank our sponsors, F&M Bank at 221 Indian Lake Boulevard in their really cool building, and also they're online at myfmbank.com. And we will see you again next Sunday morning right here on the new 100.7 and 1010 a.m. WHIN. Have a great week. Sumner County Spotlight has been brought to you exclusively by FNM Bank, 221 Indian Lake Boulevard in Hendersonville. Whether you need personal banking, banking for your business, or even home mortgages, FNM Bank can provide you with excellent service right here in Sumner County. Visit them today at myfmbank.com. Sumner County Spotlight will return next Sunday at 10 a.m. Thanks for listening.